your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey, good morning. It is uh, the Morning Drive, uh, President's Day edition here on Double T 97.3. Do you, uh, you like the President's Day? Like all the presidents? I like that people get a day off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Uh, kids are out today, so I'm sure everybody's aware of that. That uh, For President's Day, I'm guessing there was a picture released on Twitter this weekend of the Pixar artists who have done like Toy Story and all the mm-hmm. movies doing their rendition of what all the presidents would look like in their style. It's pretty accurate. Got his, like W's a little weird. But other than that, they're pretty much spot on for the entire picture. It would be something to effort to see. I was going to wear my president's tie today, but then I decided not to. I got a uh, presidential tie that the lucky lady bought me at uh, George's Museum in uh, in Dallas. Does it have the seal of the president on it? Uh, Why? When are you going to wear it if you're not wearing it today? That's a great question. Um, so you, you were saying uh, you don't like the tie? No, 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 no. No, it's not what I'm saying. No. I mean, when else are you going to wear it? I thought about it. When is it more perfect than today? I know. I thought about it, and then um, I'd laid out another tie when I laid out my clothes yesterday, and then, honestly, I forgot about it until just now. So, you know, I... I so for yeah. another I another I year, you right. won't get to wear it. Right. Um, I don't know if I believe Chuck or not. That's an epic fail there. I don't know if I believe no, no, Chuck or you not. You can believe me on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll have Friendship Boys basketball on the air for you tomorrow on Sunny 97.7. They take on El Paso Americas from Fort Stockton. That's at uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And then the... Friendship Girls play in Abilene at McMurray against Keller. And we'll have that for you on sunny 97.7 at 7.30 uh, tomorrow evening. So how about that? And then the Cooper Girls will be in action against Tascosa tomorrow night at 8. We'll have that for you on 100.7, the score. And the Cooper Boys have advanced on as well as they won their playoff game. They'll play Amarillo High uh, in Floydata uh, tomorrow at 6 play-in game. Yeah, they won their play-in game. Yeah, you called it a playoff game. Okay, play-in game. Yeah. To advance to the playoffs. Correct. Um, 8, 15, 18 and 15 are the Cooper boys. Take on a Sandy team that's 30 and 4. I would probably say that the Sandys are favored in that game. You would think so. Would, yeah. be, my, would <laughs> be my guess. Um, Monterey boys are in action tomorrow as well. They take on Plainview. Plainview's 12 and 19, Monterey 23 and 9. That game will be in uh, Abernathy. And then the Coronado boys face Tascosa tomorrow afternoon. That game will be at Wayland Baptist. Okay. So lots of uh, playoff uh, girls and boys basketball going on uh, all around the area. And uh, some games even here in the city, like tomorrow, uh, Seminole and Hereford will play at Friendship. Okay. That'll be boys 4A by district action uh you had uh answered what i thought was a pretty interesting question on the yates flooring center chat line somebody asked what device is on the tech pitcher's glove hands that they look at before pitching is it a device for communications from the dugout looks like a little um i don't know wristwatch some sort 
Um, but yeah, they now one of the things that they do to try to speed up the game is the pitching coach can send the message to the catcher and the pitcher. And so they have a little band on their on their wrist. You see them look down towards their glove to to their wrist, and mm-hmm. they get the pitch selection. Can they wave off the pitching coach? I I guess so. I would, I would mm. assume so. Would that be wise? Maybe. Well, I, I'm. I mean, you gotta. I'm, I think every good pitching coach would tell you if you're not 100 percent confident in the pitch selection that you're about to throw, you're probably not going to throw at your best. Right. Do you like that? Do you like that? I mean, I'm just curious if you like that as a. Or do you, does it bother you at all? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have the painted fingernails anymore with the catcher and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what their choice of fingernail colors are, but you know uh, what I'm saying. You know, the yes, thing? yes, but not everybody does that. No, I know not everybody does random that. Random people did it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't have a problem with. It. Okay. Um, I just was. I just was curious. Would you like to have? Wouldn't that be cool if they gave you one of those as well? No. That way you would know what's coming. <laughs> no. no. I think that would be awesome. I think I they don't should think, it I think they should issue that to you guys as well. That way you would you'd have an idea of what's what's I, happening. I would just like to watch the game. I know, but yeah. you're you're broadcasting the game. I don't want to know what's gonna happen beforehand. It'd be, it'd be just hey, I think what you could what what see you you wouldn't have to tell us. Mm-hmm. You you wouldn't have to tell us. You could say this would be a good spot mm-hmm. for a curveball. Mm-hmm. And then you'd look brilliant. <laughs> See, you, um, the Lady Raiders give you the scouting report, uh-huh. and they tell you what they're going to try to do right. and what they're going to try to stop and sure. do all of those things. Right. Okay. I think it's for, more fun for me to try to figure it out. Okay. Figure things out. Right. I don't. I don't want a head start. You, you don't know, want a head start. Is the color analyst man? I want. I want to try to figure it out. I want you to see how goofy and how wrong I can be. <laughs> yeah, but we don't. We don't think of you as goofy. We think of you as, you know, rock solid. You know, steady Eddie. You're going to tell us what's what's going on. Blah 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 blah. We don't. It's we more don't think f- of you as some kind of sideshow. It's more fun for Jeff and I to mm-hmm. guess what Coach Tadlock's going to do next. We don't. We don't want to know. Do you think if you asked him, he'd give you one of those watches? No. <laughs> you don't think so? Okay. No. Well, I'd have to ask Matt Gardner, and uh, I think Matt would just laugh at me. <laughs> like, why do you need that? We only have we only have X number of these. They would be afraid I would hurt myself. No, I think I think that would be I think that'd be awesome if you if you uh, if you had one of those. I but, don't know. but that would be boring. I mean, if I always knew what was coming. I mean, if you listen to a baseball broadcast and you heard, it's kind of like listening to Tony Romo calling an NFL game, right? Sure. If you like, curveball's coming. <laughs> this will be a changeup. Not fastball inside part of the plate. Yeah, see, I mean, wouldn't that be boring? Well, maybe so. But I mean, I think you would be, you'd have to be a little bit more, um, you couldn't say it on every pitch, but I think it would be more intriguing for you to say, oh, I think this would be a good spot for fastball. <laughs> Well, that's there. what I do. I know, but I mean, if you knew, <laughs> if you knew, then you could say, I think, oh. Well, gee, why would I say, I think? To, 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 to kind of. To deceive the audience? Kind of, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> to make myself look better than I am? Yeah, or to make you guys look more insightful. Well. You're, you're already pretty insightful. I'll put some extra prep work in, and I'll see if I can look insightful okay. at 11 o'clock this morning. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um. Jamie was my hero. Great broadcasting. Just wondering. I think Jamie is your hero. <laughs> Great broadcasting. Just wondering. 
Jamie was my hero. If you read him the right order, why was the outfield camera not used in the broadcast? It was great broadcast. Just wondering, Jamie was my hero. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that that I didn't realize the uh, outfield camera one went with the other two. Okay, gotcha. I have no idea why the outfield camera wasn't used on Saturday. On Saturdays, probably because the yeah, Lady Raiders were playing at the because uh, there was a basketball yeah. broadcast. I would assume yeah. if it wasn't used all weekend, I don't. I don't have. I don't have a good answer for that. I think it was used yesterday. It was used yesterday. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, somebody says boring. Who? Us? Me? I, I think if you knew, I think he's saying yeah. if you knew what no, was right, coming, that right. would be boring. Right. Yeah. I think it was just more fun for and me. And some people have said the same thing about Romo. Oh, yeah. They don't like it that he does pretty much predict exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, now they're saying that he doesn't work as hard. And, and some are saying, well, it's because he's removed from the game a few years, and so he's not he's not as in tune maybe with the plays that are being called, and so he's kind of lost his luster a little bit. So, I mean, there's always going to be people that are going to be critical. Sure, I think you know, I think he's that's great. That's the nature. That's the nature of the of the beast, right? I enjoy his excitement and things along those lines. Uh, speaking of exciting, how about Mac McClung on uh, Saturday, Jamie? What Pretty about cool. that? Yeah, it was very cool. I mean, guy plays two NBA games and um, wins the dunk contest pretty much going away. Uh, and if you saw some of the, the dunks that he made, I mean, he had perfect scores on all but one. Yeah. I, I, short guys have such an advantage in the dunk contest, and that seems crazy to sound. But if you're a good dunker and you're a short guy, I mean, your scores are going to be higher. Okay. I mean, it just feels different than when if it's a big guy. Well, he's the shortest guy since Spud Webb. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're the only guy 6'2 or shorter. Their with... dunks just look more impressive, mm-hmm. and they're more fun. I, I thought the one where he took the pumpkin off the guy's top of the guy's head was pretty cool. But that was... And, See, that know, wasn't like... the cool part. The cool part was that he bound, he basically shoved it against the backboard and then dunked it. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, every dunk's cool to me because <laughs> this short guy is uh, close. Dang near seven hundred was awesome as well. Right now, here's the question I have: Did the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers sign him just so he could compete in the dunk contest, or are they going to actually use him as a roster player? <laughs> I don't. Did they have to sign him? I thought they just the NBA just wanted him in the dunk contest. I don't know if they had to sign him, but they signed him so that he could wear a Philadelphia 76ers jersey. Because I thought when they signed him originally that, oh, maybe he's going to get a chance to play, but it kind of appears it was just for the dunk contest. Okay. But, but maybe maybe that will kind of launch him a little bit. Maybe maybe somebody will say, hey, we're going to give this guy a shot. I mean, he's played a couple of games in the NBA, but... Sure. Uh, this, hey, Chuck, lay off the wacky tobacco. The things you... The things you make me think you're a smoker. No, I'm not. Not a smoker or a chewer of that stuff either. All my thoughts are natural. Not a smoker, a joker, or a midnight toker? I'm a joker. (laughs) But I'm not a smoker and I'm not a toker. But I am a midnight joker. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. February the 20th. February the 20th, 2023. Here's uh, Jeff McGuire with the news and notes on this day in sports history. All right, we'll start in 1929. 
The Boston Red Sox announced they will play Sunday Major League Baseball games at Braves Field because Fenway Park is located too close to a church. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 1953, August A. Bush buys the St. Louis Cardinals Major League Baseball Club for $3.75 million. Pledges not to move the team from St. Louis. <coughs> He's pretty much done that. Yeah, they're still there. One of the few that stays in St. Louis. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cardinal football team left. The Rams left. Hockey team has stayed. That's uh, true. I think the Blues have been there a while. Yeah, I think if the Blues or the Cardinals left, those people would riot. 1958, L.A. Coliseum approves a two-year pact with the L.A. Dodgers to use the facility while Dodger Stadium is being completed for the first season in 1962. In 1963, future Baseball Hall of Fame outfielder Willie Mays becomes the highest paid player in Major League Baseball, signing a record, hold on to your hat, boys, $100,000 contract with the San Francisco Giants. Woo-hoo. 1971, Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, scores a goal and adds three assists, including his 1800th career NHL point in a 6-5 Red Wings win over Buffalo in Detroit. It was Howe's 1,670th game. 1986, L.A. Dodger Oral Hershiser uh, is the first to win a $1 million salary by arbitration. Isn't that crazy? I mean, talking not even 40 years ago and what it is today. Yeah. Big old difference. Well, how about just 11 years later, San Francisco Giants' Barry Bond signs a record $22.9 million two-year contract. It is National Cherry Pie Day mm. and National Muffin Day. Big fan of the cherry pie. Makes sense, President's Day and George Washington and famously, you know, chopped down the cherry tree and then didn't lie about it. Mm, so that's the reason. That's the reason, right? Today's mm. cherry pie day. You kind of link everything together there. Gotcha. Couple of former Red Raiders celebrating a birthday today. How about Dylan Dushek is 28. Jarrett Culver, 24. Those are two good ones. Uh, Culver was in town. He was uh, seen working out at the Womble the other day. I saw some pictures of him. Yep. I saw a lot of former Ra Red Raiders over there. Happy birthday to uh, halftime Super Bowl uh, performer Rihanna is 35. Cindy Crawford, 57. Charles Barkley, 60. Justin Verlander, 40. Uh, Stefan Marbury, 46. And Jerkson Profar is 30. And on this day in 1962, I bet Chuck can tell me what happened. February the 20th, 1962. Was this? I don't know. Cape Canaveral, Florida. Friendship 7 oh, takes off. Okay. With John Glenn John aboard, Glenn. making the first American to orbit the Earth. Mm -hmm. And that is the Stan Sports history. Yeah. Alan Shepard was the first to go into space, and Glenn was the first to orbit the Earth. 6.50 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll have Red Raider baseball for you today at 10.30. First pitch at 11 o'clock. Um, so did I kind of looked at this on, on Saturday. This is... I was at the arena. I was like, oh, okay. 
I wonder if first pitch was actually at one o'clock on Saturday. Or on and then I I really looked at this on Friday. If it was like one oh one or one oh two, but it was if it was right at one o'clock or if you recorded that. You're trolling me, right? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just just a skosh. Just a skosh. <laughs> Uh, somebody says this, Chuck, the cherry tree in George Washington is a myth, never happened. Well, that's what you say. <clears throat> that's what you say. It's a lie? It's not a, it's well, not that a lie. that would break, I mean, just everything. Yeah, right, right. If right. the song about him not lying is a lie? Right. They said it's a myth. What is this world? I mean. Is it a myth? I mean, it's just changed completely the world that we live in. Yeah. A myth is still a lie, Right. Did he even wear that cool hat? <laughs> or did he just have like his hat on backwards with a D on the front of it? He didn't have wooden teeth either. I didn't know he had wooden teeth. I was just getting ready to ask about that. He didn't wood- have wooden teeth He either. did not have wooden teeth either. Okay. All right. Did he have a beard like he has? Well, he didn't Washington? have a beard. Didn't have a oh, no, I was Lincoln going, had the beard. Lincoln I was, was going with Lincoln. And yes, yeah, Lincoln had yeah. the beard. Lincoln yeah, that's Pictures of him Lincoln. without the beard are weird. Yeah. When he was just the cherry senator? tree story is Washington. Yes. Why was I thinking Lincoln? No, Honest Abe. Because you probably thought about Honest Abe. That was his mm. nickname. Yeah, Honest Abe. But the cherry tree is Washington. Was Washington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. I think this is a statement. I'll make it a question. This person says, "Jamie, the baseball team looks really good so far." So far, I don't think you have that much to complain about. I, I, it's funny when you, you know, you want to play really well and win by large margins, and that makes you feel like you're a really good team. But like when it's early on in the season and you mm-hmm. win by large margins, you're like, well, maybe the other team's not very good. And so, like after Friday, I felt like, hey, that was that was a good win. You came back, you fought back, right? Saw good pitching there. We, you know, had talked so much about how many guys they returned in their lineup. We thought they'd put a lot of pressure on the Red Raider pitching staff. And the last two days, I mean, they haven't scored till the eighth or the ninth. I mean, you've mowed them down. I mean, they went a stretch of like sixteen innings with two hits. I mean, and so now I'm I'm scratching my head and going, okay, are you really good on the mound, or are they they just not good this year? I I don't know. It's, or maybe factors in that. The Zags from where they are, right? Maybe they've gotten outside and seen a ton of live pitching, mm-hmm. okay, which could absolutely factor in. And maybe they're just, you know, slow to get started because of that. And so we'll see them become a good base baseball team. But right now they're just not there yet because of the fact that they probably spent so much time in a cage at doors and haven't seen a lot of, again, live action. Yeah. I don't know. They may have an indoor facility there that. You know they bring the Seattle the Mariners to yeah. pitch to them. I, I don't. I don't have any idea. But you've dominated them, and especially on the mound, and it just it does. You know, yeah, I feel really good about it. Yeah. At the same time, I'm. I don't know what they are. We'll have to see how the season goes. How I think I heard you talking about this a little bit on Friday. How did they do with runners in scoring position this weekend? Did they do a good job of that? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, wasn't great on Friday, but it was good the last two days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really took advantage of, you know, Saturday, a lot of free passes that led to uh, led to runs scored. And 
Um, situational hitting was also really good the last two days. We saw a bunch of sack flies and moving the runners over when you needed to, that kind of thing. I, th- I thought, you know, the speed showed this weekend, their ability to put the ball in play, um, strike out less, and, you know, manufacture runs a little bit was, was definitely there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a day like Saturday where you don't hit the ball at the ballpark and you still score 10 runs, that's pretty good. So, you know, and again, the guy that they beat up on on – on Friday was his second team All-American. So that, that's that's quite a performance as well. Uh, by the way, the official first pitch time on Friday, Jamie, 1 p.m. Exciting. 1, 1 p.m. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have Red Raider Baseball on the air for you today at 10.30 on 100.7 The Score and Double T 97.3. That'll be an 11 o'clock first pitch today from Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park. Uh, did you did you see any of the usuals this weekend? I mean, any of your usual fans and uh, friends that came up to the broadcast booth to say hello, shake your hand, say good to see you, Jamie, glad you're here, anything along those lines? I saw a lot of, a lot of people that um, I usually see at the ballpark um, saw Saw some of our listeners out there, too. Okay, good. You know, I saw Bullfighter walking by down there in front of us. He okay. didn't, didn't come say hi or anything, but uh, I saw him. Well, he knows. I to saw talk to you. Um, our gentleman who named the calf after me. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, he was in nice. town, so okay, that was good. great. See him. Did he give you a picture of the calf, too? Or He did not. Okay. He did not. Okay. But, um, yeah. Good to be at the ballpark. Good to be at the ballpark. All right. Uh, we have not talked about this yet. Let me uh, give you just my thoughts on it. It was uh, yeah, a disappointing ending of the afternoon over at United Supermarkets Arena on Saturday. Lady Raiders fall in triple overtime to Oklahoma State, 92-80. to 80. Uh, For Oklahoma State, they moved their Big 12 record to 9-5. and five. Impressive for a team that was picked to finish ninth in the conference. Mm. Okay. Uh, Lady Raiders uh, dropped to 4-10, and 16-11. You get a 30-point performance out of Bree Scott. Uh, she had a double-double, 30-11, and 11, playing on a wonky left knee. In fact, she left the game uh, in the first quarter because of that knee, uh, put a, a bigger wrap on it, and then just gutted it out. And uh, she had a double-double. Katie Farrell had a double-double, too. She had 15-10. and 10. And, uh, for Is that her high-scoring game as a Lady Raider? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe so. And uh, she played uh, 48 minutes and 46 seconds. Bryn Gerlich played 50 minutes of the game. So it was 55 minutes because you had three overtimes. Um, but just really disappointing because you, you had an opportunity at the end of regulation to win. Uh, and you did a great job of holding Oklahoma State down uh, – because they they had um, you know they had led after every quarter and led at one point in the fourth quarter let me give you the score here it was like you know they had a five point lead for most of the fourth quarter and then Bree Scott ends a drought uh, for the Lady Raiders of well over six minutes and with with about two fifteen to go she hits a three brings you to within one. And then they um, they get a rebound, and she comes back and makes a layup. So you go up 55-54, and then uh, Oklahoma State is able to tie it up uh, with 36 seconds remaining. They had uh, Lior Garzon at the free throw line. She went one of two, 
And then uh, then Tech misses a uh, a jumper by Katie Farrell. They had the inbounds with about six seconds to go right in front of us, and Katie was right about the free throw line. She was a little wide of it. And then in the first overtime, Tech was down by eight. You get down by eight in an overtime, mm-hmm. and you figure out a way to come back and tie up the score. And it was 67-59 with 221 to go in the first overtime, and you tie it up. Mm. Get a big three by Bryn Gerlich, Um And then at the end, you've got the ball with about 20-some-odd mm, seconds to go, and uh, and they're trying to dribble it out and kind of get one shot at it. There, there would have been some time left on the shot clock for Oklahoma State, so they're trying to take it down as much as they can. And in between the circles, they double-team Scott. She turns the ball over. They take a shot too soon. They miss. Tech comes back, takes a shot. Uh, well, well, just inside the half-court line, misses, and go to the second overtime. Um, and, you know, that game, that, that overtime ends at 76. Uh, Gerlich misses a jumper with 11 seconds left. And, uh, and then they can't get a shot off in the final 11 after they call a timeout and advance the ball. And then in the third overtime, uh, they just outscored you 16-4. Uh, to four. Got out and hit a couple of threes early and just couldn't come back from that. But it's a heck of an effort. Great crowd. Um, 6,000 and some change. Uh, it, was, it was as loud as, as I've heard the arena in quite some time for a women's game, with the exception oh. of the Education Day games. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's just... Uh, it's just too bad because they had a really gritty performance, I thought, um, out of a number of players. I mean, Riley McKinney comes off the bench, scores 14 points. She hadn't scored 14 points in quite some time. Uh, probably have to go back to the non-conference. Um, and then uh, Katie Farrell with the 15, like I mentioned, and Bryn had 13. But they, they got outscored in the paint 40-38, to 38, um, which – that's what kind of Oklahoma State does. They hit threes, too. Tech actually uh, did a pretty good job of holding them down to the threes. They had they had half their threes. Now, three of their three of their eight came in overtime. Um, in the over in the overtimes, um, did a pretty good job in the regulation, but just couldn't get that bucket to fall there at the end of the game, and then in the first overtime, and getting down by eight. In the second, you were fortunate to be able to come back from that, and then the third, you just couldn't couldn't get past them. But the, the, they got uh, twenty eight for uh, Naomi Alnatas, and then uh, seventeen out of Claire Chastain, sixteen from Lexi Keys. She was lethal from beyond the arc. She was three of five, and just can't let her be open. Uh, and they did. Taylor Collins had ten. They had a couple of girls foul out that helped you. Um, Tech had some foul trouble. Uh, Kai. Freelon is the one that fouled out uh, for the Lady Raiders, but I know the final score in the fourth in the third uh, overtime was like sixteen to four. Is that right? Yeah. What was the actual run that the Oklahoma was it a twelve zero run at one point? I believe so. Yeah. It was really like the person on the chat line wants to know: was it a talent issue, or we'd run out of steam? I really think you just got on the wrong end of a bad run. The way that game had gone, because it was back and forth for a little bit where it would, they would do a run, Tech would do a run, you would do a run, they would do a run, whereas punch, counter punch, you know, even in that second overtime, when you, when you came back from eight down, it was just time for Oklahoma State to do another run. Yeah. 
It, it, and you were just on the wrong end of it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, their best, like you said, their best run was in that third overtime. They had they went on 13-0 run with a buck 59. Their their biggest lead of the game was with 21 seconds to go at 12. Uh, Tech's best run was a 9-0 run in the third quarter. Uh, there were 12 lead changes in this game. The game was tied 10 times. And, um, you know, both teams turned the ball over, although they did a better job in the second half and in the overtimes of not turning it over. But, you know, points off turnover were minuscule. Um, Oklahoma State had 13 off 20 turnovers for Tech, and Liddy Raiders had 11 off of eight turno- 18 turnovers for Oklahoma State. First half was kind of a turnover fest. So... Somebody says this, yes, bench depth and conditioning have been issues all season. The, the, the conditioning issues are with, um, you know, primarily uh, uh, Jasmine Lewis and uh, Ella Tofiona. Ella played six minutes and Jazz played two. So he played a small lineup for the most part in the game. But Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's they, something that we've seen a bunch of over the last month or so, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they – they were not uh, that deep themselves, but they're very talented. Uh, they were they dressed nine on Saturday. Oklahoma State did, um, and Trinity Jackson, who is probably their number nine player, only played five minutes and she did not score. They had two players that didn't score. Uh, ironically, Cassidy Delap is one that didn't score, um, and you know, she's one of their bigger players as well. So it was uh, it was a kind of a smaller lineup for both teams, but. You know, I mean, they're they're just right there. Um, there was um, there's some key fouls that were called and weren't called, but you're always going to have that in the game. Um, there was one that was, uh, and I'm, I can't remember exactly when it was in the game, but Bryn Gerlich went up for a shot. She got, they said it was a, a jump ball of, of kind of how it went down. There was a lot of contact. And then on the rebound, Bryn was trying to, take the ball but frankly she tackled the Oklahoma State girl and so they called an intentional foul so they got free throws plus the ball and that was critical um, towards the end of the game but uh, it was a just an, a great effort and uh, but it come up short so they'll play West Virginia on Wednesday we'll have it for you on uh, 107.7 Yes FM at 6.30 and then the tip at 7, and they play a West Virginia team that got smoked yesterday by Texas in Austin. In fact, West Virginia is coming straight here to Lubbock and uh, before they go back to Morgantown. So it's a Texas two-step uh, for the West Virginia girls. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right. uh, Your thought, your question for me today. I think today's question. Well, you got a Cheshire cat look on your face, so I'm really anxious. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Meow. (laughs) I think today's question is extremely difficult. Oh, my God. There's two answers I need from you. Okay. We are going Red Raider football. Okay. Okay. Just want to make that clear. There were some issues with that on Friday. Okay. <laughs> it does help. I want you to tell me who are the two teams that you think will play in the Big 12 championship game next year. Mm. And then I also want you to tell me where you think the Red Raiders will be in the standings. Hmm. 
I'm totally changing directions today. Well, you sure it's baseball are. Baseball season and basketball season, and I'm asking you a football question. You threw me a. I mean, let's just be honest. I had my it's, watch on, and I, I got I got fastball, and you threw curve. I I think it's gonna. Would you? Is it fair for me to say it would be hard for you to answer a lot of baseball questions? Yes, I think that's fair. Okay, so I think that's fair. I'll stick to basketball and football as much as possible. Well, I'll, I'll get better on the. I'll get better on the, on the baseball as we're getting, getting through the season, and I'm. I'll, I'll be stealing my stuff from you because I'll be listening to you, during the broadcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, uh, the 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 top four teams last year were TCU, K State, Texas, and Texas Tech. I I think TCU is going to be taking a big step back. I think uh, Texas will go up to the be uh, up a little bit. I think Texas Tech will be up a little bit. I think Oklahoma will be up some. I, I'm going to say, and then you've got the newcomers in BYU and Cincinnati, and kind of talking myself through this. Uh, Houston and uh, Florida, Central Florida, right? UCF. Yes. Okay. I don't think any of the new kids on the block will be in the Big 12 championship game. You know what? I just have this. I have the sneaking suspicion that we're going to be better than we thought we were going to be. So I'm going to say the way that they do this, I think Texas Tech and Texas will play for the national for the uh, Big 12 championship game. Okay. Okay. Now, where will the Red Raiders finish? That's part two. Well, if he said they were in the conference championship game. The Red Raiders? I thought yeah. you said, okay. Texas Tech I, my and Texas. My, I, my apologies. He said Texas Tech. They're also, the, they're called the Red right. Raiders, yeah, no, no, too. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Baylor, Texas, with Tech knocking on the door in third place. Okay. I, I also think that Texas Tech is going to be just outside of the Big 12 championship game. All three of us are picking Texas to be in there. Um, my my other team is Kansas State. I think Kansas State um, will not did not lose that much. I know they lost their running back, uh, who was a great one, but they also picked up a great one yeah. in the transfer portal. So I don't think Kansas State's going to miss a beat. They'll have their quarterback, Will Howard, back. I think Kansas State finishes first in the regular season, followed by Texas and the Red Raiders of Texas Tech and third. So I I think we're just on the outside edge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a I mean it's a, a bit of a stretch for me to to, to put them in there because no, I, I don't I, I mean it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I think you're you're in the conversation. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's uh I don't think you're homering it up too much by going that route. Okay. I mean you've got a technically three year returning starter or quarterback. Yeah, just hopefully he can be Hopefully he can actually play a full season. Yeah, he can be sure. healthy. Be... But there's a lot of teams in the Big 12 that would love to have a quarterback back for a third year. Right. And a second year in your offense. Who's who's your hunch at of the new kids on the block? Which one of those four teams will finish the highest in the Big 12? BYU. Yeah, that's my sense too. Yeah. Yeah, and I bet you they're in the top five. Okay. Jeff, you have a thought on that? I could be convinced 
UCF. I'm because they've been good. I don't know that it compares. I think their schedule obviously, obviously doesn't compare to what the Big Twelve entails. But I could be convinced that UCF could be the top of the new four coming in. I think Houston's going to get. I, Houston knows what to expect because they play a Big Twelve team every year, but they're going to get a huge jump. So Cincinnati, uh, with regards to the the grind that is the Big Twelve, where the, it's not get ready for one game out of your schedule and then have three weeks off. I think Cincinnati's about to take a big step back. Mm-hmm. I think losing their coach was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the Big Twelve conference, I don't suddenly think they're going to start recruiting so much better. And I think their schedule is about to get a lot tougher. Yeah, and and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to, you know, UCF and Cincinnati having to play a real schedule, at least nine games. Sure, that's what I'm looking forward to. And i mm-hmm. I hope I hope they both go three and nine. That would that would please me. They'll win their non conference and lose every game in the Big Twelve. I don't have any hate for UCF. Oh, I just you know I just. Tired of the darling. There, there's kind of a Tommy Tuberville hangover for Cincinnati, but it's not near what it was when he was there. Yeah, I don't have any hangover on that. I, I my hangover on Cincinnati is, um, you know, they used their schedule to their advantage and they won a bunch of ball games and they got lucky and won a couple of big games and found themselves in the college football playoff. Yeah, went on the road at Notre Dame that year and they yeah. were a top ten team. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that was in your got lucky and won a couple of big games category. Um, sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, I I couldn't have told you that they lost, they beat Notre Dame on the road, but I guess I just look at it as they don't have the week to week grind of a big boy conference, and no so question. and so as a result, they seem to be fresher at the end of a year than than most normal teams, and so I think when they have to play real teams every single week. We're going to see how really good a program they've got, and I think they'll they'll revert back. So, uh, somebody says this: uh, the game in Austin will be for the right to play in the Big Twelve title game. Okay, that'd be fun. Oh man! Uh, this, how disappointing would it be for the Big Twelve title game to have one or two of the newcomers? Very, very. Um, that would be less disappointing than. Oh, you in Texas? A thousand percent. True, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I, the Big Twelve people would much rather have one of the newcomers or two two of the newcomers. Yeah. than Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah. No, I'd rather right have U of H and UCF mm. playing for the Big mm. Twelve title than Texas and Oklahoma playing mm. for it. They're not walking out of this no, conference with my wanna, title. No, as much as I want to disagree with you, I, I, I do I agree can't. with you. I agree with both of you. Yeah, I can't imagine a worse scenario than that. Yeah. Uh, wow, there is some Kool-Aid flowing in the studio today. I think has a, I think Tech has a better season than last and still finishes fourth. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, Jeff and I picked third. It's not like you're that far off. Well, I think I they're mean, talking about me. Oh, well, I mean, Kansas State, I think, is going to be good. TCU, I just they lost so, so much. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I don't. I'm not saying they're going to drop off the face of the earth. They also lost their offensive coordinator, which I think was a big deal too. Um, and so many seniors. Uh, I think Texas is going to be good. Uh, I think the Red Raiders. I think you can feel like um, there's a reason to believe that they'll take a step forward from where they were last year, which was a, a solid eight and five record. So Oklahoma State. 
I think you can expect them to step back with as many departures as they've had. That program's just been a bit of a mess. I don't know what to expect out of Baylor because it just felt like at times last year they were still a good football team, but then they ended up 6-7. and seven. So I don't know what to expect from them. Oklahoma, same thing. I mean, they were a bad team at times last year, but then their recruiting class was awesome this year. I wonder what they did in the transfer portal. Kansas, I think they'll be solid again, just like they were last year. Only expect them to get West better. West Virginia, meh. Iowa State, meh. So that's why, I mean, I feel like the Red Raiders, and, and I know they have those other four new teams too, but I feel like the Red Raiders will have a shot to be inside the top four. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t 973com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. President's Day today. The kids are out today, so you know, be kind of mindful if you're going through the neighborhoods today. You might see a kid chasing a ball or something, so you might kind of uh, keep that in mind uh, if you're uh, in your neighborhood today. Uh, apparently, um, at the baseball game Sunday was the day that the bullfighter and Chris Sneed were going to race from foul pole to foul pole. There's been no shortage of discussion about this between these two, okay? No shortage of discussion. So Clay had asked a bullfighter who won the big race. Now, bullfighter, I think you've been hoodwinked by Sneed. Bullfighter said, we met at Sunday's baseball game and agreed to wait until it gets warm. Uh, Bullfighter goes on to say, we can't risk injury with the other jobs that we have. Well, Bullfighter Sneed's always going to have another refereeing gig going on. So, to me, to me, this was an excuse because Sneed Sneed has said recently the on the air. Was good yesterday. Sneed Sneed has said recently on the air that he's gained some weight and he's not as in good a, I think, shape as he would like to be. So, Bullfighter, I think you got sold a bill of goods yesterday because Sneed knows that he's not in Sneed shape, okay? And so, even though he's got his, I don't know if he's an XFL guy or USFL guy, but he's and he's doing his basketball stuff and he'll have his gig in the fall. I just will say to this to you, I, I think you got sold, Bullfighter. Well, all of what Chuck said may <coughs> just be true. May. I'm not saying it is. Saying it may. You're missing a very key word in that phrase that Bullfighter put there. We agreed not to do it until we, it was warmer. Bullfighter wanted to wait, too. Yeah, but I, I, I my guess is that Sneed probably said... Hey. Bullfighter wanted to wait, too. Yeah, And I'm not saying Bullfighter isn't ready to run, but they they both have jobs where if they tear an ACL, they're out big big chips. Well, then they shouldn't be... What's, what's going to be the difference when it's 90 degrees versus what it's... 55 or 60, because yesterday was a pretty beautiful day, Jamie. It was very nice. You know, I think this was just a case of one guy selling the other guy, and then the other guy saying, yeah, you know, I really don't want to do it either. That that would be my guess. That would be my guess. 
Uh, also, we had uh, we had this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. This was in reference to our our brief football discussion that we had. Uh, this uh, this texture wrote in that basically said, "Me and my wife went to Coach McGuire's luncheon at the Lubbock Women's Club on Friday." His exact words were, if our current team lined up and played last year's team, we would have kicked our own fill-in-the-blank. I was ready to run through a wall. (laughs) Okay? I mean, I heard him speak last Monday at the uh, Frazier for a uh, Texas Tech Alumni uh, Association uh, event, and he talked about how his guys were bigger, and he, I was pleased to hear him say this. He cited how much Mason Thorpe has put on and how much better he is. And he's like, he's 6'9". So, what about Mason Tharp? Mason Tharp, I'm sorry. I said Mason Thorpe, didn't I? Yeah, Mason mm-hmm. Tharp. Yeah. You have not... You There is news in this building that you do not know about. Okay. I'm being replaced? No. No, one of our new employees is friends with Mason. Oh, yeah? I think they played high school football together. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, the, and we need to get you two together, so... Yeah. You tell them about the man crush. I'm, 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 I'm his biggest, uh, I think, supporter on this station. I think he's, I think he's Gronk and Travis Kelsey in the making. In the making. Okay. In the making. Okay. In the making. But he's got, he's got a long ways to go to get there. Uh, by the way, I, I ran into a guy yesterday, um, and we were talking. And he was telling me how he took his uh, grandsons up to the football building this weekend, okay? And uh, basically just kind of they were in town. They wanted to show him the construction. And this guy's retired, and he spends a lot of time watching the construction camp because he was, like, going into it. It took him a long time to get the visitor's locker room out, and they've done something to that wall on the, on the side as you're going up on the, on the east side. They've taken the wall out that's that's to the right and to the left. They've supported it in some way. And he's telling me all about how they're putting gunite on the on on this on this section and digging down more and more gunite. Anyway, he said that they happened to run into Coach McGuire. And he said it was more than just the proverbial, gratuitous, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And he took time to talk to his grandsons, have a picture taken with them, and uh just have a, a real kind of guy conversation with them. And, I mean, there's plenty of stories around town that are just like that. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I think, like you just said there, I think there are lots of people in the city that, that uh, have that same story. He's, I think he's shown to be a, a guy that uh, enjoys meeting people and mm-hmm. sharing a handshake and, and a few kind words or whatever conversation and picture all those all, things. all of the above he uh yeah. he he definitely uh plays the part of the head of a program that uh does anything he can to try to draw people in and all that good stuff seems like a <clears throat> seems like a genuine guy right i haven't seen anything to prove otherwise at this point so i'm just going to continue to believe that yeah and the more stories like you tell like that prove it or mm-hmm. you know add to it whatever sure uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Jamie the Calf knows his name. He is doing great. He's a cross of a Santa Gertrude's of Santa Gertrude's mother, and registered registered Black English Bill. 
He is black with a white face, which is known as a black baldy. Mm-hmm. Black baldy brings premium price. Of course it does. Of course. And it's his name is Jamie. Good looking calf. Yeah. 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 You're going to be really proud of this thing. Okay. Yeah. Going to be pretty proud of it? I'm, I'm He's already, already okay. proud of yeah, it. I'm super proud. There you go. Uh, this from Bullfighter. Sounds like another excuse. It was extremely windy, though. Either way, if he wants to wait, it'll just give my ankle time to heal. Shelly capes up for Sneed, saying, Sneed was concerned about his hamstrings, <laughs> or so he said. I'm sure that we'll get a full hour of what his ailments were and what his concerns were. There's probably they probably watered the warning track too much. It's probably wasn't enough time. You know, there'll be a litany of excuses today at noon. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. Well, it's just disappointing that only one member of the staff did something super athletic this weekend. That's right. <laughs> it was Chuck in the grocery store. With a three year old on my shoulders putting soup in a container. <laughs> Let me tell Uphill, you. Uphill, both ways, in the snow. Hey, you do it, man. <laughs> when you're 62. I, I thought that was, I thought it was pretty I think impressive. dealing with three-year-olds, I don't care how old you are, is difficult. <laughs> so kudos to you, Chuck Hines. <laughs> we had, he had his Spider-Man boots on. He was set to go, man. Clearly 17-year-olds is not any easier. <laughs> no, it's not. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.